the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be to simply be with him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Well, we are talking about waiting, waiting on God. I don't know about you, but I love to hurry, hurry, go, go. But God wants us to wait. He wants us to wait on him, to hear his voice, to have direction for our lives. And part of that waiting, it really produces character and one of the character qualities that waiting produces is humility you know I've been waiting with a friend on test results for her health and in that waiting time we have bowed our heads we have anointed her with oil we have we have prayed we have paused we have waited we have dug through scriptures and prayed those over the situation we have encouraged one another in this wait time but there's a humility that comes with the weight. Joseph knew all about that humility. We're going to talk about that today. This is a message that I delivered at the church next door. And part one is on the website, jenniferjackson.com. So you want to go back and listen to part one of the previous episode. And today is part two on waiting on the Lord. Enjoy. Well, you know, there's a lot of impatient people in the Bible, but I would never be an impatient person. And I know that you would never, none of you, none of us, there's no hands, I see. So none of us are impatient. And I'm not impatient, but I thought what we could do for a couple minutes is throw all of these impatient people in here just under the bus. Because goodness me, why would they do this? They just don't want to wait on the Lord, do they? I think about Naaman. Naaman, here he is, he's this really cool dude, he's an awesome leader in the Old Testament, and yet he comes down with a disease, and he wants healing, and he wants it now, but he does not want to dip seven times in the river, as suggested. What about Jonah? We all love Jonah, right, because it's this whale story, God puts him on a mission, he says no, we know that part, he gets in the whale, beautiful prayer. Brownie point for Jonah. Love the Jonah whale prayer. He gets released from the whale, and then we all cheer for him. All of Nineveh, they repent. The whole city is changed. Yay, Jonah, great, awesome ending. No, no. The last verse of Jonah shows his incredible impatience. Look at this. Well, I don't actually have it in your notes, but if you read Jonah 4, the very last, it says this. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be far better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Jonah said, It is. And I'm so angry, God, I wish I were dead. That's how the book ends, except in God, they're still in this argument, and God goes on and says, Jonah, 
I really wanted to save that city. So God got the final word. I think sometimes that when God gives us a mission and God gives us a way to serve and God gives us a plan, we don't get to dictate to God all the details. Jonah didn't like the weather. Jonah didn't like the people. That's the truth. And so he complained about it from the beginning to the end. And I do like his prayer. But other than that, he was impatient. And we, we don't want to be that way, do we? But I find myself in such a predicament many times. I'm complaining about the conditions of the mission that God has placed me in. What about the disciples? Don't you love those disciples? They saw an amazing thing. They saw and participated in the feeding of 5,000. Phenomenal. With five loaves, two fish. We all know it. But what happened to their faith? Let's look at this. In, uh, in Mark, is it Mark? I lost my paper. Matthew 15:33, it says this. The disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Well, this is the feeding of the 4,000. The feeding of the 4,000. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? I mean, they've already seen 5,000 fed, and they forgot all about that. And so now they, they didn't have the faith that God could feed even 4,000, 1,000 less. That is me. You know, how quickly I forget all that God has done. And now I'm faced with this new problem. And I'm thinking, God, I I don't think it's possible. There's just no way. And that's where the disciples were. And so the challenge in that is this. Take your Bible. And I take mine and I write all of the miracles. I, I write the big, major answers to prayer. I actually write them in my Bible. Because I have to go back to it again and again. Because I don't want to forget what God has done. Because it gives me the faith of what he's doing next. And trust me, he is on the move. Uh, Those are the impatient people of the Bible. There's another one, and his name is Saul. And this is also, uh, you'll have to look it up. It's 1 Samuel 13. Now, think about this. King Saul was a pretty neat king. You know, He, he was tall. He was smart. He had all these things going for him. He was the first king. And Saul reigned. He started when he was 30. I think I added it up one day to 73. I mean, he was king a really long time. He did a lot of cool stuff. It was not an easy job. And anyway, he, he missed it. And here's where we see if we're not careful and we're impatient on waiting on the Lord, where well, we might get ourselves in trouble. So the, the Philistines are against him. And King Saul is leading the Israelite army in this huge battle. And this is what happens. It says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 13, when the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and the army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among rocks, in pits, in cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. And Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops were quaking with fear. Wow, I mean, Saul did not have an easy job here, so... You know, we can't be too harsh on him. He waited seven days, Saul did. It was the time set by Samuel. So Samuel told him, wait seven days and I'll be back. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. Well, panic, right? I would be in a panic. We're in a battle. Guys are scattering. They're hiding. Samuel left seven days And he's still not back, and he said he'd be back. 
I mean, this is how these things go, right? We're all in a tizzy. So he said, this is Saul, he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And so Saul offered up a burnt offering. And just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. I mean, probably an hour. Have you ever been an hour to off from what God had for you? You've rushed ahead of God even by an hour? Timing is everything. In verse 11, Samuel says to Saul, what have you done? Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you didn't come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And so I sought the Lord's favor. I I thought I was compelled to do a burnt offering. Samuel said, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. And if you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of the people because you did not keep the Lord's commands. Whoa, Saul lost it in this really short amount of time. So we have to soak And ask God, well, what is your timing? What is your timing, God, on my situation? I think about that with uh, Hannah. You know, when Hannah was pregnant with this Samuel, she had a long wait. And if you remember right, she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And Eli, the priest, even thought she was drunk because she was praying her heart out so fervently. Have you done that before? That's a good challenge. For 2024, you just kneel at the side of your bed and you pray your heart out till ever the guts, all of it out, get it out and pray it before the Lord. That's what Hannah did. But she did this again and again and again. And while she was doing this, she had an enemy who was her enemy, Penina. So the whole time God was tweaking Hannah's character and Hannah is praying when God finally grants Hannah a son, Samuel, I just wonder. Do you think it's possible that in that wait for Samuel, God was building Hannah up so that she would have the courage and the strength to take Samuel and say, you are an offering for the people of Israel. She gave him for adoption, and that was a very hard thing to do. She left him with Eli the priest, but what a dramatic leader Samuel was for all of Israel, and they needed him. And then... Hannah went on to be a happy mother and have many kids. God did that. He did that in the waiting room. He built her character in the time, and she didn't become impatient. So the waiting, it's it's character building. It really is character building. We don't want to just just be idle in this waiting. I think about my, my grandmother. She would set everything by the door. And I remember a specific conversation where she told me, you want to be organized and you don't want to be late. And so before you have to go somewhere, and she always taught junior church. That's what we called it for the kids. We called it junior church. And so she would have her lesson and she would have her bag and her Bible. And she always had a crochet uh, knitting with her. Because she didn't want to waste any time. She didn't want any idle time. She had that just in case. But she, I remember her setting everything by the door. And that's, you know, part of what we want to do when we are waiting is we want to be doing something active before the Lord. Waiting reduces arrogance. 
and it produces humility. You know, one of the things you might be doing, not just setting your things out and being organized, but one of the things you might be doing while you're waiting on the Lord is fasting. You might choose to give something up physically and say, I'm going to fast. You know, one of our staff members, I remember when she gave up coffee and all caffeine. (laughs) That was the longest 21 days. (laughs) I was rough. We all felt for her. We were like, why did you choose caffeine? (laughs) But she was so amazing, and she had the answer that she was looking for as a result of that fast. But she really humbled herself in the waiting. And that's part of the the, uh, humility comes with fasting, doesn't it? Well, I know without a doubt that God is building in you and through you character, humility, so many wonderful things as you wait on God. And God wants to give you a verse this year. God wants to speak to you through his word. And you can find a journal sheet that I've put together for you at JenniferJackson.com. On the splash page, you'll see a free journal sheet. It's called 2024 Wait on the Lord. You want to get your copy of this because this is going to help prompt you into a conversation with the Lord about your life, different areas of your life, and just to help you to listen to him so that you can get his direction for your life. Wait on the Lord. You are listening to Simply for Women. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.